Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to everything hunting in the great outdoors. If you guys love every aspect of hunting and the camaraderie that goes along with it, I promise you will love this podcast. Please make sure to leave us some positive reviews and those five stars. We appreciate it. Now, let's get to the show. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast. It's week three of deer season. We're going over tonight. And uh, we're going to have on Chance Carlicker, we're going to have on Kyle Martin out of Kansas, and we're going to have Chris Walker on again. So looking forward to this podcast, and I know Chance, and I, I know Chance has not been on this podcast before, and I think Kyle's been on here one time. So looking forward to having those guys on. I know they've had some great encounters and had some close calls, and I just want to bring you guys up to date with how, um, how, how I've been doing. I've only went twice since the last time. We were on here, and that was last Saturday and Sunday, and I had two really good hunts. Uh, Nate came down. Nate Adamson came down with me on Saturday, and we hunted and saw quite a few deer, I think probably 12 or 15 deer, and we saw a really nice four-year-old nine-pointer who who read the script perfectly. If he was just a little bit bigger and older, you know, he would have had an arrow. He came, came past us at 20 yards, real nice buck beautiful four-year-old probably i'd say close to the high 140s low 150 range and uh, we saw another really nice three-year-old several two-year-olds some year and a half olds and some does and then we uh, had a doe that actually got behind us and got our wind and blew out of there snorted probably six or eight times but honestly didn't really phase all the other deer they just went back to feeding and moseying on which was awesome. And so that was a really good hunt. It was a lot cooler. That was the first hunt of the year I've actually been able to wear long sleeves to the tree stand. So that was really nice. And we rode the e-bikes basically within 10 yards of the tree. And that was the first time for Nate doing that. And he he asked me, he's like, you sure this is going to work? Leaving our bikes this close to the tree? I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine. And not a single deer noticed them or cared whatsoever. And uh, worked perfect so definitely a game changer those e-bikes are so then sunday i went and hunted a different farm i have not hunted yet this year and honestly just haven't had a lot of pictures of bucks that i saw last year that i wanted to hunt for this year but i decided to go sit there anyway sat over the real world soybeans and saw some does and a really really nice beautiful I don't know if he's three or four year old, 10 pointer, super, super wide. He's probably 22 inches wide and uh, just only has probably about nine inch tines, nine inch twos and threes. And he's probably got uh, four or five, four inch, five inch uh, G4s. And he's probably got four or five inch brows at least too. So just a really beautiful up and comer. He came out, fed into the real world soybeans for, shoot, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. And then he just kind of vanished off. And uh, since the last week, we've had some crops being taken out, but still we have a ton of crops still in. And I think that's still killing me because I'll be quite honest, this is one of the worst years I've had as far as trail camera intel. I've not had a lot of bucks that I want to chase or pursue for this year on trail camera whatsoever. And I'm just hoping and praying it is because of all the standing crops. But I have a suspicion, and I hope I'm wrong, but 
I think we got hit by EHD this year, and I haven't put my boots to the ground yet and looked, but I will say today I went and hung two new trail cameras in a creek bottom, and the way this lays is you walk the creek to the tree stand and such, and it's the first time I've been out there um, at all this year, actually. And within 100 yards of walking, I found some bones laying there, and sure enough, there was a small year-and-a-half-old buck dead. And I'd say 100% an EHD candidate uh, laying right on the creek bank. And I went down the creek a little bit further to where I was hanging the cameras, and I saw probably 20 buzzards flying over the creek. I did not go further down to investigate. I probably should have, but I didn't. I wanted to get in and out of there as quick as possible, do what little scouting I wanted to do, and get out. Uh, but that's not a good sign. I did, however, find a lot of good sign uh, from the deer in the creek, but you know, I don't know which deer they were specifically or anything like that. But really hoping uh, some of the shooters start showing up on my trail cameras because at this point it's kind of scary. Uh, it might come down to a year where I might have to go after some of them older bucks that are less des- less desirable on their headgear. You know, I've got multiple five and six year old bucks that aren't that great scores by any means, but uh, they definitely need shot. No question about it. And they're not bad deer, just uh, not the caliber of buck that I really want to be chasing for this year. But we will see. Time will tell. I'm still excited. The best is still in front of us. I do, I do believe that. We have had some cooler weather today, and I know tomorrow and, and, and Sunday it's going to get a little warmer, but then the temperature is going to drop back immediately again on monday which will be the 25th and from there on i think i'm going to be hunting pretty hard uh every chance i can possibly get to go out to hunt at least so looking forward to that you know i was looking at some old trail camera pictures today or or tonight and i noticed one of the bucks i really want to chase this year um, about the 28th of october through the end of the first week of november is when I had the most pictures of this deer by far. So I'm hoping he shows back up. I will be in his wheelhouse if he does come there and uh, hopefully get a crack at him. And then hopefully, like I said, on the other farms, I got a couple others that I'm hoping, you know, some of those shooters from some of those bucks we passed last year show up this year. They'll be five and a half years old this year. So looking forward to that. And like I said, I really hope they do show up, but you know, it's out of my hands. I don't know. We'll see if they do or don't. Uh, I am hoping that a lot of these farmers get a lot more of the, the crops out, that's for sure. Because right now they're main focusing they're mainly focusing on the on the soybeans because you know their beans will shatter and they want to get those beans out because that corn will stand weather a little more, which the corn in my opinion is what's really holding up the deer right now. So hopefully that'll get picked in the next week or so. And uh, things will really start lighting up on the trail cameras. But just kind of playing it by year, keeping it cool, checking the cameras, doing some observation sits, more or less. And, you know, just bouncing around like a butterfly. And when the time's right, it's going to be sting like a bee. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And uh, with no further ado, we're going to hop on the line now with Chance Carlicker. And uh, I know tonight he had a really, really good hunt, so I'm looking forward to hopping on with him and hearing how his season's been going and how how uh, tonight's hunt shook down. So 
We're going to hop on the line now with Chance. All right. Now on the phone, we've got Chance, who is driving back from his hunt tonight. And how are you doing tonight, Chance? Oh, not too bad. Could be better. Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) this is the first time you've been on this podcast, and uh, you've been on Team Radical for, shoot, quite a while now. And uh, Yeah, first timer. Yeah, finally got you on the podcast. Heck, yeah. Yeah, I've been filming for about 10 years with you guys, so. Yeah, heck yeah. Yep. Back in the college days even. Heck yeah. Yeah. Things have, <laughs> things have changed a lot though since then, right? Marriage and you got two kiddos now. Yeah, quite a bit. A little bit harder to get out now, but yeah, yeah. you know. That is for as sure. As long as you can keep her as long as you can keep the wife happy, you can go out and get your free pass and go when you want, you know? That's right. You gotta build up those hunt tokens in the off season. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well hey man we're talking about deer hunting we're on season three here or i mean not, uh, we're on week three of our deer season yep. and uh i guess catch us up to date how many times have you been out what kind of bucks are you chasing this year and uh what's kind of your strategy right now uh well this night's hunt was probably my six or seven hunt so far this year um I got two different farms to hunt this year. I was fortunate enough. I got a lease up north back from where I'm from, central Illinois. And it's about 100 acres. And then I still have a farm I've been hunting for probably six or seven years down south. It's probably another 100 acres. But both of them are loaded with big eight-point, just giant eight-point deer. And uh, tonight i seen a buck that I had only one picture of the entire summer. And I was actually after another probably 150, 160 inch eight pointer. And he stepped out tonight and I thought it was him. And it turned out to be an eight pointer. The only reason I knew it was a different one is because he's got a split G2 and he dwarfs the other eight pointer that I was after. And, uh, yeah, he's, He's a mega toad. <laughs> yeah, that's giant status of an eight. Yeah, he's he's a monster, and I couldn't believe it when I seen him because I didn't think he was that big. Whenever I got him in the summer, it wasn't a great picture, and I thought he just disappeared. Maybe that was just a little summer range for a little while, and then I just I don't, after seeing him tonight, I was I was in shock. He's he's a giant. So right on. So what about your other? five or six or hunts that you've had prior to this any anything cool happening encounters or anything uh i was hunting down south because it was closer to work and i uh, i went out october 1st really on a scouting mission and i actually just sat on the ground overlooking a, a bean field that was super green and i uh, didn't see anything so i decided i was going to leave early sun was still up quite a bit not a bunch but enough to see and made my way back towards the truck i was going to check a bottom just to see if there's any deer out and i ran almost straight into this other eight pointer who's probably like 20 plus inches wide i don't even know how wide he is he's ridiculous but ran into him he was coming out of his uh, south bed which actually is on the neighbors but he uh he did the exact same thing as he did last year. And so I kind of kept that in the back of my mind, came back, um, 
probably around the fifth or sixth and seen him out there in that bottom again, coming out of the same area. Um, I think I left a different stand. I was hunting clover that night, left that stand early because I wanted to look at the bottom again to see if there's deer down there. So I only seen a bunch of does in the clover. Sure enough, he's down in the corner again. So I made a mistake not going after him, but I know he's living in that area and I'm not sure how much I'll hunt that farm this year or at least going forward now, knowing that there's a bigger eight pointer at my other farm. Sure. And my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law hunts with me down there and he was, he's kind of excited about that deer too. So if he kills it, I'd be, I'd be happy for him too. So, sure. um, but that deer is super palatable looking at the path. He's doing the exact same thing and he does it until October. Well, probably the first week of November, like on a pattern pretty much. So he gets more good weather. I might just send my brother-in-law down there after him, but. Yeah, what do you um, what do you think he is? A five five year old buck, you think, or four year old? What is he? I think he's a, I think he's a five year old. He's got a giant body and his rack. Uh, it grew quite a bit. Not that it's anything crazy or special. Just an eight pointer, just insanely wide. He's got huge bases on him now. And seeing him last year and this year, I think he's five. So, gotcha. He'd be a good one to get out of there because there's also a. 10 pointer that I'm waiting to show back up that I have four years of history with, and I'm kind of scared that he's going to go push that deer out. So, yeah. if I kill him or if my brother in law kills him, either way, it should be good for the farm. So, for sure. But now, now, you're, now, now you're primarily after tonight's hunt, shifting your focus yeah. to your northern farm, right? Yeah. If I can make it up there between work and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. Where my focus will be. So how's how's uh what's your work schedule looking like? You got you got days off coming up or how, how does that work? You working? What's your, what's your uh, schedule? It's so ugly because <laughs> I work at a power plant right now, a coal fired power plant, and they shut units down to work on them. And just so happens tomorrow, I have to go back and work twelve hour shifts for the next week and a half, two weeks, just killing me because. After seeing that eight pointer tonight, tomorrow's weather is even better. Yeah. Or if not the same. And I get to go back to work instead of going to try to kill this deer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy right now, but, you know, I've got two little girls, so that's, that's priority. I got to put yep. bread on the table, you know? Yep. Life. For sure. I hate to say how many giant bucks <laughs> have been saved because of work. Yeah, Uno was almost Uno was almost one of them, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Between work and then my baby girl's coming early. Yeah, I mean it's just that's that's part of it, you know. That's part of the challenge that a lot of people don't talk about. It's you know you can get on these deer and everything, but if you can't, you don't have the time to hunt them. Well, yeah, you're you're not going to kill them at work, and you're not going to kill them from your couch. So you're right. Life happy in the off season and spend time with them while you can and uh you know so that way when the good days do come and you do have time off that you can go and and hunt them hard but yeah that's that's life that's life right there but but on your type of schedule i mean you're talking you know if they got a a turnaround or something where they need you for seven twelves you know for weeks on end you kind of have to take it otherwise you know you might not get called back right right Mm -hmm. Yep. 
pretty much. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta take the work when you can. And uh, but when it comes to hunting, now I'm probably two or three times more aggressive than I used to be. I go in now to just I don't care if I'm if I get super aggressive and mess the hunt up because it might be another week or two before I can even get back. So yeah. And and last year I I didn't have great deer to hunt, but it put me in the chips with the the deer that were there and that was just being aggressive. So, and then when, when you're not hunting and you know, the farm gets time to cool down. So, right. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a a solid point. I mean, because if you, you know, if you got a deer on pattern or you you know, when time wise, when he's going to be in that area, according to your previous history, uh, right. you know, you can, you can lay up and not be as a, aggressive if you know that you're going to have that time off to hunt when that prime time is. But yep. if, if it's uncertain and you don't know, I mean, you kind of have to, you have to get aggressive. I mean, you don't have any yeah. other option. Yeah. I'm, that's kind of, I've, I've changed in the last couple of years. And that's part of the reason my first two hunts, why I got down and I just left. That's kind of my scouting right there is, I can only be on those farms for maybe a day or two, but if I'm not seeing deer right there, I'm not scared to jump down and go, go look around, look glass the field real quick right before dark, instead of sitting until dark and praying and hoping that there's going to be a deer walk by. Yeah, it might happen, but two times in a row I went and I seen where that deer came out. That's just me being aggressive. The next couple of hunts I come back, I'm going right in there. When the wind's right, temperature's right, I'm going to go try to kill them. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But the way work's set up, I got. I have to be aggressive. That's the only way I can hunt right now. So. Yep. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's go yeah. big, go big or go home. I mean, you yeah. only got so many, <laughs> right. You only got so many days to to yep. get it done. And when you're on that turnaround, I mean, you make t- and especially you know any. I don't know how you are, but at least with me, like my whole attitude has changed as far as when I go out west or go out of state hunting, um, mm-hmm. even back home really. But when I go to a tree stand now, I'm not saying that I'm moving around aggressive, like what you're, you're saying here, but in a way I am more aggressive mentally and on stand location that I'm going to pick, uh, right. because time is of the essence. I mean, I want to spend time with my girls. I want to do things with them. So my time is a lot more limited in the tree stand. So, but so that way when I, when I go out West or if I go hunt the a stand now, I mean, I am really freaking determined my mindset yep. when I go in about every time, um, unless I know it's going to be observation sit is I'm right. going to kill this buck this time. I mean, yep. it's just, it's a confidence thing. And, and I, I think that truly helps too. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's felt like, Almost every hunt this year, I'm on pins and needles because I'm, I'm like this. I'm in the spot. I'm gonna kill him at ten yards, ten twenty yards. I mean, I'm I'm not. My phone's in my pocket. I'm just looking at right where that deer needs to be coming from, and it's it's a lot funner. I can tell you that. Like, it's I don't I don't know. It hasn't paid off yet, but it sure feels like I'm getting a lot closer because I'm. It's super intense, you know. So, right, right, and, and it goes, it's the same thing. It's just picking the like the spot. I'm not sitting back waiting and hoping and 
Right. But that all comes back to scouting and knowing your property from, uh, from the past. And sure. So you know, there's a lot of factors going into it. But. For sure. So tonight I saw a little video clip you, you posted of, uh, that buck <laughs> and he's a giant, but what time did he come out? It looked like it's pretty, pretty light out yet when he came out. Yeah. I walked, I walked in at four thirty, which is still, I felt like it was pretty late tonight because it was cold today and pretty windy. And I bumped three does off and I almost, so whoever used to hunt that property had some stands over there and I was like, oh, I might just go jump in one of those. And then you know, I went with my gut thinking I would go up to the other, which I didn't know that deer was there at all, or at least for the summer, but right. I, thought I was going after this other eight pointer, which was on the north side of this field. I jump in a stand and I could see the other side and it was probably 5.30 he came out. Wow. And then, yeah, it was, it was, there was plenty of daylight. There was probably 12 does out 30, 45 minutes before that. So, I mean, the mother, there was three does out there at 4.30 and then they just started piling out. I mean, night was nice for sure. Yeah. So you got in there. So he was on the other side of the field from you, though. Yes, he's probably a couple hundred yards away. Gotcha. Was he close to those other stains you were talking about then? Yeah, yeah. I could. I was looking through the binoculars at him at the other stand. Oh, <laughs> he was right man. in front of it. Oh man. Yeah. But yeah, again, <laughs> you you didn't even know that deer was showed back up yet. So. No, and but now and the reason I hunted the reason I hunted there in that field, my dad. Uh, helped the farmer farm, and I kept telling him, hey, let me know when they take this field out. And it's all standing corn, pretty big field, 60, 70, 80 acres, somewhere in there. And he texted me yesterday, hey, we're taking it out today. And I was like, this is perfect. This is the best setup, timing-wise, ever. We're going to go take this corn out, and I'm going in with a cold front. So they took the last of the corn out today, which was probably a third of the field, if, if not less. And I knew for sure those deer, there was going to be deer in that field. And half of it was, I guess, the stand that I picked, I could see the other side so I could at least scout. And I was in kind of a uh, staging area next to a bed, hoping the other eight pointer would come out. So yeah, that's kind of how that all unfolded. But well, it sounds, the wrong side, but yeah, it sounds, know, sounds like uh, you've got some pretty good odds though. Next time you can get in the stand, right? The wind's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the wind's right for sure. Well, hopefully you can get back out there sooner than later. But yeah, seven <laughs> working twelves—that's going to be tough for a while. Yeah, yeah, I should be able to hit it um, probably around the fifth or sixth of. November, I believe, a couple weeks away. So I think I have to work next week. If I get lucky, I won't have to work next Sunday, but might rain. Who knows? But yeah, might be a couple weeks. Well, the good news is that's that's right there at prime time. So, all right, I, I think yeah, uh, I think you'll get the job done. I think you'll you'll make it happen. Yeah, it's a, a high odd area, but you know, come come down the time again. So, yep, right on. Well, hey, chance. Uh, sounds like you've had an eventful season so far, and it looks like it's going to get better here real shortly. So uh, yep. we'll uh, follow up with you, I'm sure, again here in a couple weeks after you get done with this turnaround yep. crap, and hopefully you'll have a big buck down report. I hope so. Good to hear from you, Kyle.
All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Chance. All right. Now on the phone, we have got Kyle Martin out of Kansas. Uh, How are you doing tonight, Kyle? Uh, Pretty good. And yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Let's see. Your guys' season in Kansas opened in September, right? Yeah. uh, September 14th or 15th, one of those days. I don't remember exactly, but uh, really, really hot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just started getting cooler weather here. Do you guys start getting some cooler weather there? Yeah, yeah. The uh, last week and a half, two weeks, they've been starting to really cool off quite a bit. Looks like we got a few days coming up here soon where it's going to heat back up a little bit, but um, the evenings and early mornings have been pretty cool, so that's definitely been good. Right on. Well, we're calling it week three of deer season, but I know it's been longer for you guys uh, there in Kansas, but – Give us a rundown, man. How many times have you been out? What have you been seeing? And, and uh, what's what's the objective going forward here? Um, well, I, honestly, I've only been out a couple times this year. Um, and really, both of those sits I had were more of a, uh observation-type stand. Um, I got one buck in particular here close, <clears throat> close to my house on some family ground um, that have been really trying to narrow down uh, this buck's pattern because it's kind of all over the place. Um, and at that point in time, uh, there's just crops everywhere. Right now, um, everybody's mainly got most of the beans out. There's not a whole lot of corn around here. Most of that's out anyway. And there's still quite a bit of milo standing. So it's been kind of tough because they can just hide about anywhere around here. But uh, he's uh, <clears throat> a buck I've got history with. He was there last year, passed him up a couple times. Um, he's put on some pretty good inches this year, so yeah. Give us um, give us some details. Getting, what is what is he? Uh, he's a mainframe ten with some kickers, uh, just real wide, uh, pretty good mass. Um, I'm not a super good judge of score, and obviously that doesn't really matter that much. But he's he's the biggest buck I've got around here right now. Uh, well, there's another one that's just showed up here in the last couple of days that was here last year as well. But, uh, yeah, I just I didn't want to pressure him just because of where he's at. So I've kind of been waiting for the right time. He's been one of those two, three in the morning bucks um, pretty consistently. And it started moving a little bit more towards five, six in the morning. So hopefully if we get a little bit more cold front moves in here, he sticks around, uh, we can get an arrow in him here hopefully in the next few weeks. So, are you getting these pictures? I know you guys are allowed to bait there. Are you setting up a bait station to get these pictures of him, or you got him on a crop act yeah, field, or, or what do you got? Yeah, I've got a. I'm running quite a few cell cams and regular cams too, but uh, one of the main cameras is over corn, um, and he's definitely hitting that. But I've I've got three or four set up just for him that are um, on scrape lines trails you know, corridor, stuff like that. And he's, he's hitting about all of them. Um, so I've got oh, three or four stands hung just for him. So we'll see if, uh, if the plan prevails, maybe it'll all work out. I hopefully. Yeah. Right on. So you've been pretty busy with work or you, are you going to have some time off coming up or what's that looking like? Yeah. Uh, I've been real busy. Got two boys and, one on the way coming in April, so 
uh, that's uh, definitely keeping us busy. And I, I work a swing shift job too at uh, oil refinery. So between that and then farming, our family farm has been really, really busy. We're right in the middle of Milo Harvest right now. So um, come uh, the end of October, I've got basically all of November and half of December off. So I should have plenty of time to put something together on one of these guys, hopefully. Heck yeah, that's that's a good chunk of time off. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Now, you, you sell land too, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep, uh, for Red Cedar Land Company, and I'm more part-time than anything with you know, my full-time job in farming, but uh, yeah, we I do sell land. I've been with uh, Ryan and Red Cedar now for uh, a little over six years. Gotcha. I don't know what land's been doing there, but man, it, the ground prices and, and it's just on fire right now, land sales. It's like uh, yeah, it, they, they barely hit the market and they're, go- and they're gone. Yep. I mean, it's it's been yep, it's absolutely crazy. Yep, I would have to agree with that. It's it's been pretty wild. Pretty wild out there too, then, huh? Yeah, for sure. Right on, right on. Well, you've got basically a month and a half of hunting coming up, and you've got two shooters. And I know you said you don't care about score and all that, and I don't either. But to kind of paint a picture of that buck, I mean, what would you say he is? I mean. He's no less than uh, he's no less than mid one seventies. I think I'd say he's better than that personally. Yeah, that's kind of what I was guessing. And like I said, I'm I'm not a I won't consider myself a good judge of score, uh, but I'm fairly close. I'd say yeah, mid one seventies to around one eighty. Yeah, he, and he's uh, an absolute stud. The second buck that I sent you a picture of here today that uh, that one's probably around the 170 mark. Um, I actually, that buck, I've got some history with him too. Uh, the deer I shot last year, which I wasn't able to get the actual shot on film. Um, it, we did three or four days of searching for that buck. And after oh, the third, third search day, uh, we kind of gave it up. And I went and sat in the stand that night. Just thought I'd kind of see what was going on, maybe shoot a photo. And uh, this buck walked by at 20, 25 yards. And uh, as a three-and-a-half-year-old, I think he's four-and-a-half now, but he's put, he's put on some pretty good numbers. And uh, uh, the next morning I went out, and he was teasing me again at 15, 20 yards. So, okay. I didn't, uh, I didn't realize it was that same buck. Yeah, I remember that video. That, yeah. was, that, was yeah. a, that was a good pass. He was a good deer last year, too. I mean, for – you yeah, can tell he's a yep. little, little younger last year, but, man, he had a good frame, everything stacked last year already. Yeah, yep, and he's, he's the same thing. I mean, he's just a, a somewhat mainframe 10 with just long times, and it's kind of hard to tell him some of the pictures because he's always standing to the side, but he's actually got pretty good width too. So. Yeah, he's dang uh, good. He's funny to show his face, so. Right on, and so both, so so both of those bucks are on on the same farm. Uh, in the same area, yeah. In the, yeah, okay, our, same our farm area. kind of spread out a little bit, and then I've got all well, three or four pieces there, commercial pieces um, around the same area too. So, gotcha. Now, yeah, we we got that going for us, and now, now the lay of the land is just a lot different out there than what we're used to here. I mean, your guys is timber blocks are basically fence row style. Are they not? Or can you, I mean, they're not great. Yeah, big chunks. I mean, you guys are just wide open for the most part, right? 
Yeah, for the most part, uh, a lot of the timber around here, unless you've got overgrown pastures, it's just creek bottoms and river bottoms. Gotcha. And uh, a large majority of what I hunt is pasture creek bottoms, and uh, we, we've got quite a bit of river bottom ground, too. So, um, yeah, that's, that's about the main of uh, what the hunting is like around here. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I, uh, and you guys are allowed to bait and do mineral sites and everything, so... I'm sure that definitely helps yep. getting some intel at least on what deer are there and such, um, especially sure, on such, yeah, a, such yeah. a wide open country, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. I, I know there's plenty of guys that hunt over bait and I do run feeders. Um, I don't hunt over my feeders, but I do have them on properties that, you know, get intel and try to keep some ducks around the area. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's legal. Why not? What, you know, Yep. I'd be doing the same thing if I was in your shoes, for sure. I mean, here in Illinois, we're not allowed anything. I mean, no mineral, no bait, no nothing. So we got to rely pretty much on our scrapes, and that's about it. Sure. Um, But, yeah, cool. Well, do you guys – you got some uh, good weather coming in the forecast, uh, you think, closer to when you get that time off? Yeah, it looks like we've got a few warm days coming ahead, but – and then it's supposed to cool back off again. So it should be pretty good even uh, towards the middle end of this coming week, uh, coming off this full moon and cooling back off again. It it should fire up a little bit. Yeah, well, if you're anything like me, you better be earning those hunt tokens right now with the wife and the uh, the kiddos and everything else because I don't know about, we've got family pictures, pumpkin carving, all that good stuff. So I'm just trying to get all those hunt tokens gained that I can right now. So – uh, here prime time absolutely here here come prime time my bus my butt's gonna be parked in a tree stand uh for, uh, for a long time i totally understand <laughs> <laughs> so well all right man good chatting with you tonight and best of luck and i'm sure hopefully we'll catch up with you here probably in a couple weeks or so or week and a half when you get to start going after them and hopefully next time you're on here you got a big buck down report Hey, that'd be great. I appreciate it. We'll definitely let you know. All right. Sounds good. Have a good night, Kyle. All right. Thank you. All right. Now on the phone, we've got Mr. Chris Walker on the phone. How are you tonight, Chris? I'm doing all right. I'm a bit bummed I didn't make it out to the tree stand this evening, but uh, I'm looking looking forward to tomorrow. That's for sure. Yeah. Did you have a honey do list tonight or what was going on? Uh, no, I just been, uh, well, as you know, been battling RSV with the baby and then I got it and then it turned into a sinus infection also. So I was waiting around on getting a COVID test today and then get some antibiotics and all that crap. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh yeah. It's a lot so, different, uh, this hunting season for you, isn't it? Having a new little boy on your hands. Oh Yeah. Yeah, still uh, learning as I go along and uh, seeing um, <laughs> what all I can get away with. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a real fine line, and you you try to get as close to that line that you possibly can, but you definitely don't want to cross that line. Otherwise, you're in the really bad doghouse, right? Yep, yep, it's a very fine line, but you, you really don't know where that line is until you overstep your bounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh the joys of children yes 
Uh, We wouldn't trade them for the world, though. Absolutely not. They're they're number one for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's just a damn deer, so. That's right. It's hard to remind yourself that, though, because, man, it really eats at you, don't it? Yeah, that, and I think you just uh, having cell cams nowadays just makes matters even worse. Yeah, I guarantee, I guarantee it's really eating at you. I mean, I don't have that much on my trail cameras right now, to be honest, but you, on the other hand, you guys have been getting lit up with some fantastic bucks. I mean, some giants. And yeah. Even some in day, daylight. <laughs> yeah. Hitting your scrapes. Oh, man. Yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, you know, every year you have those four-year-olds that you think are going to make big jumps the following year. You know, you have deer that you think uh, show back up. And, you know, I feel like for so long we've just been disappointed and uh, either deer haven't grown or they just disappeared and never came back. But this year, finally, we start to, uh, you know, see uh, some results of passing some deer and deer getting uh, mature. Um, and also some deer finally adding on a ton of inches, which really seems like around us, it is rare. Like I can't tell you how many times a four-year-old to a five-year-old might only put on like two inches. It seems like all too common, um, with us, which even this year, there's certainly deer that have done exactly that. But, um, at the same time we have some of those special deer that, really just uh blew up which is awesome but you just never know you really you know with wild deer you really do not know yeah there's no way of knowing and do you think a lot of that is contributed to maybe the deer density in your area because i know you guys have a ton of deer in your um surrounding area and i yeah, I, I wonder if that has something of some effect on, on i think social pressure in our area does play a big role. I also think that we just don't have as much minerals and stuff as like you and, you know, other people that are closer to rivers, you know, I think some bucks get some extra minerals and nutrients that can cause them to blow up and like continually, like, you know, for God, you've had a booner to chase every year for as long as I can remember. Um, And we just haven't had that, you know, that luck, but, We've never had a shortage of 150-inch mature deer either. Um, So I I think, you know, taking out some does and, uh, you know, trying to, um, you know, help out with the social pressure, I think it is helping. But I I can't say for sure that, you know, that's what's doing this. But um, I think it's also just, you know, being selective and knowing what's out there and, you know, waiting on, on the big mature old bucks and letting these younger ones go. Right. Well, I do know when, how long ago was this, but, uh, your neighbors and stuff started getting nuisance tags and for shooting does in the summer months. And I know you guys have been, uh, partaking in that, helping them out and, and thinning out. How long have you guys been doing that? Um, I myself have been doing it for two years now, but, um, I think the other neighbors has probably been going on, uh, know for four to five some even longer than that um yeah i actually i know for a fact it's gone way longer than that um you know it's just some cases where (laughs) you know you just have way too way way too many deer um you know seeing 40 deer in a, a field at night and um i'm not talking about like 
you know, the summer, the winter when they're all herded up, but like just, you know, just out feeding on a summer night and stuff. And I swear some of these does were just biggest body does you ever did see. They're probably like eight, 10 years old, you know, kind of like Dottie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just monster does and they're super hard to kill too. So, um, this just let us, uh, you know, um, thin some of those out and make things a little easier. Um, but you know, it is, it, it, I kind of don't like the way that you do it in the summer months and here in Illinois, just dialing the bugs and the heat and, uh, the meat spoils pretty quickly. So, um, don't get as much meat as, you know, we would have liked, but I, I guess I don't really know what the other ways of doing it. Um, cause you know, if you were doing the winter months and you got to worry about bucks losing their antlers, people shooting bucks. So it's just, uh, Right. So, I, mean, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I understand that you don't, you don't want to waste a deer ever. No question about it. But at the same time, you gotta be realistic. I mean, livelihoods are at stake. I mean, if you got a deer density of that size and they are absolutely demolishing your crop, I mean, how do you survive? You know? So oh, yeah. I, I, to, I, I get both ends of the spectrum for sure. I think there is definitely a place for it, and I definitely think you guys are in an area that needs it. No question about it. Oh, yeah. I, I remember one neighbor saying he had $30,000 worth of crop damage one year. Oh. And, you know, this, this is there are certain fields that can't even be planted in corn or soybeans unless you put an electric fence around them. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not talking like little plots. I'm talking like, Hundreds of acres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And who's really going to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, let's talk about your hunt so far, bud. Um, I think you were on week one. Is that right? Um, were What you, do you mean? Week-, week one of deer season? Were you on the podcast? I can't remember. Oh, no, no. Okay, this no, is first time I got my podcast. My this is the first one I've done since hunting. Okay, so walk us through then um, all of your sits so far. Tell us what you've been seeing and, and what's been going on. All right, well, the first weekend, uh, I was super excited to go out. And uh, Friday night, I just saw – that was opening night. I saw a little buck and some does. And then Saturday, um, actually that evening, so it might have been Saturday morning or late Friday night, but I got pictures of – a uh, couple of giant bucks that have been after. And uh, so I was excited to know that I'm close to them and uh, they're still around there and they're on their same feed schedule, it seems like. And this cornfield had just gotten picked. So they were leaving their bedding, going out to this picked cornfield. But, you know, they're still doing this mostly all at night, which is to be expected. But I was kind of hanging out in the um, fringe of the woods area where they kind of stayed before they got there, just hoping to get lucky. But um, <laughs> that uh, Saturday I went out and then uh, I had a, a neighbor go by and um, with whole caravan, they had a trailer, a tractor, a side-by-side truck, and they were setting a, um, a, a box line at 6 p.m. on that Saturday night. And I just had a perfect win and good feeling about it. So that kind of ruined my hunt that night. And then uh, the next day, I, uh, Max and I were uh, tearing some brush to make way for another box blind. And um, I got stung by a hornet. 
then I ended up getting poison ivy all over. And then that evening, um, it's my fault. I didn't, uh, landowner didn't realize hunting season started and him and his wife were out on a evening cruise on the side by side. And, uh, they drove up to my stand and then they saw me waving and he was like, oops, in the uh, Texan apologized, But, um, you know, I used to them clue that I was back there. So, um, kind of my fault, but, um, so yeah, I left that first weekend with, uh, my tail tucked between my legs. <laughs> not a good weekend for hunting for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say not. <laughs> no. And then I had poison ivy for the next 10 days. It seemed like, and, uh, yeah, so that was a nice uh, reminder of that crappy weekend. And then last weekend, it just seemed like wherever I sat, the deer just weren't there, and they were showing up on other places. Um, my dad actually shot a deer Saturday morning. Um, it was uh, a bully buck that actually, I think this buck uh, lived in our woods the most out of any other deer, and he just walked around fighting other deer, uh, bristled up all the time. And, uh, my dad went out the first morning and had an awesome morning, saw a bunch of turkeys, saw a bunch of deer. And, uh, that deer came by stand and he was in trouble. He had a big old neck on him. He was all, uh, swollen up. And, uh, Max and I couldn't believe how big his neck was for, um, you know, we believe this deer to be four years old, but just, you know, big body, just giant neck on him. So that was pretty cool. And, um, while we were helping my dad drag the deer out and, cutting them all up and everything we had a, a shooter walking around in the woods we we're getting notifications on our cell cams and uh yeah I, obviously nothing we could really do about it but kind of surprised us a little bit but that saturday with the temperatures uh you know that cold front coming in it was just conditions were perfect right on so are you hunting mostly field edges right now are you in the timber hunting acorns or what, what kind of setups are you doing right now um, I've mostly been on a staging area, which, um, is just, a, a little finger, um, of wood. There, there are a couple oaks in there, not too many acorns. And, uh, honestly, I think it's probably why I wasn't seeing too much, um, because the deer seem to be on the oak ridges and not in the bottoms and not coming out in the fields until dark. So, um, I think last weekend I wasted a lot of time hunting where I was and I should have been on the Oak Ridge because I have, uh, you know, some neighbors that I talked to that were hunting out there and they were just seeing bucks and deer all day long, hammering acorns. And some of them were, uh, you know, mature deer too. So, um, I feel like I kind of missed out. So I, I went and hunted a, a bottom on, uh, you know, the, I have big oak ridges that funnel down to the bottom. and there's a clover plot down there and um, I thought they might be cruising there and really um, I only saw a doe in a fawn that night but I didn't even make it back to the cabin and I got a notification and one of the bucks that I was hoping to see is uh, I'd say mid 150s 10 pointer. I could hear this, I could hear what I thought were deer in this thicker stuff and uh Sure enough, before I even got to the cabin, I got a notification that deer was working scrape right by the stand I was hunting, um, just up the hill a little bit. So um, I feel like he was bedded down there and close to where I was hunting, but again, just not moving until just after dark. Um, so now with this week, um, we're getting closer to the end of October. I'm starting to get more um, bucks moving around during daylight and just those 
last 30 minutes um, in the evenings and such. That I think this weekend's going to be really good. Right on. So I guess when are you uh, planning on hunting your, your longest stint? Is that coming up real soon, or, or what, what's your kind of game plan going forward? Um, well, Nate is actually uh, going to travel over and hunt with uh, me tomorrow and Saturday, and uh, Max is going to be there too. And I'm hoping we can knock down deer tomorrow or Saturday. Um, you know, I, there was one in there tonight that was a shooter, um, different 10-pointers, split G2s. Uh, this deer, I, I think he's probably six, maybe older. Um, but he was hit a scrape, right? at last light pretty much. And, um, I think that we're definitely going to have some encounters. I also went and, um, I got a decoy and I'm going to try using that this weekend. And, uh, the reason why I think it's going to work so good is because, uh, right now we're having so many different bucks travel through our property and they're trying, it seems like they're just trying to figure out where they're going to post up. And, um, you know, they're starting to spread out. Bachelor groups have been breaking up and they're, starting to you know find out where they want to hang out come rut so um i'm thinking that if i this decoy up some of these uh mature bucks uh, are going to come to it and uh so i'm, I'm looking forward to that so i think our, our plan is in the mornings we're going to be in the in the woods um close to the acorns and then in the the evenings i kind of want to be on uh field edge and maybe like a clover plot leads out to a, a cornfield um, but we still have a bunch of crops around us I don't know if they're going to get them out before we get this next big rainstorm on Sunday so um, that can make things interesting as well but as far as like taking a bunch of days off to do like a a long stint I you know with a three month old it's kind of hard to do that right now um, yep. so I'm just I'm just trying to capitalize on, uh, you know, the, the good weather days and, uh, you know, if I um, start to get some intel and some pictures uh, that I need to be in a certain spot, I'll try and make it happen. But um, that's just kind of going to be my approach going forward. Yep, I totally understand that. And that's a good thing. I mean, you get your priorities straight for sure. It uh, It's tough and it's frustrating, I'm sure, especially – when it's totally different from what you're used to, you know, being able to do. But uh, I think you'll definitely pull it off and, you know, you'll be able to work it out and make it happen. So just watching, yeah. that, watching that forecast and watching, uh, you know, what your cameras do because your hunting property is not, you know, right next to your house or anything. It's, what is it, two-hour drive for you or what is uh, it? It's an hour and a half. Hour and a half, yeah. Yeah, so it does make things a little complicated you know it's not that far but it's far enough to be like a, a big chore and if you're doing that early in the morning and then doing it and driving back at night you know it just wears you out sure um, that was gas price to get sponsored too yeah let's go brandon yeah let's go brandon <laughs> but uh. you know one thing max and i were talking about this weekend which i thought um kind of interesting topic to discuss is you know, we don't have a giant farm. Um, you know, we have a couple different areas we hunt, but our main farm is only 60 acres. But there is so many um, bucks that only uh, access and use parts of our property. Like, it is unique to almost their personality, personality where um, 
There might be one buck that won't go across the creek. There might be one that doesn't, you know, hits a road and then it turns around and stuff like that. And we've really got enough cameras up uh, where we start to try and figure out like these deer and, uh, you know, where they're most likely going to travel on through our property. And then we set up and wait for them on those known travel routes that they use. So this will be, um, you know, paths that we are consistently getting um, pictures of them on because I can't tell you, like, I, I want to say we have probably six, seven shooters that have showed up so far this year. And um, most all of them have only been on, like, the same couple cameras and not in the other areas. It's pretty interesting. No, that's, like that's, a, that's a really good point, and that's exactly right. Um, <clears throat> and I think you nailed it on the head when you said <clears> – <throat> <clears throat> everybody's got a different personality um, because I have noticed that exact same thing where our farm connects. For example, uh, I had cameras all throughout the property and like, for example, Uno, he, I never had a single picture of him in my bottom in, in the bottom. You know, it's, it's all adjoining. It's like 120 acres and he would, he, I never ever had pictures of him in this bottom he was only on top and only in one area. And I'm talking, this was over a six-year span. So mm-hmm. there's no doubt in six years, I would have definitely got a picture and known if he'd been in there. And I never did in six years' time. Now, Isn't that incredible? It is incredible. But <laughs> on the flip side of that, I've also seen him change um, throughout their years in life. So... One of the bucks I killed, uh, we called it Kick It In Sun or whatever. He was only in this bottom for three years. I never, I, I'd get a picture of him up top every once in a great while. I mean, very, very rarely. But it was almost any given day I could go down this bottom and see this buck. No joke. And that was all the way up until he was four, four and a half years old. All the way through four and a half. That's, that was the, that was the rhythm he was in come five and a half years old he expanded his range and i was getting equal amount of pictures on top as i was on bottom so every deer has their own personality but don't think that a deer can't change their pattern too you know because that right. that goes against the grain you know when you say a buck gets older their core area shrinks well sometimes yes but sometimes no and that's the beautiful thing is, you know, every one, every single buck has their own personality. And if you figure it out, you're going to be in the ball game, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like Rudy, uh, you know, that deer, we think he's like eight years old this year. Never had a picture of him on one farm. And we just got our first picture of him uh, last week. And as far as we know, as far as we've been running trail cameras, we have never got a picture of that buck and you know as far as we know he never set foot on a property until then it's crazy yeah it's wild that's part of the fun part of the chase man figuring oh, out yeah. and putting those pieces of the puzzle together other thing is it's kind of interesting we have one spot that i it's kind of hard to figure out what exactly it is but if there's a deer that is not familiar with our area so these are these will be bucks that travel during the rut and um you know, you might have a bachelor group go through in the summer or whatnot, but bucks that are unfamiliar, they're not your resident deer. And for whatever reason, this one scrape, um, 
those deer always seem to go through there. And every year during the rut, there's, uh, you know, multiple shooters that go past that area. Um, but it's just like unique to the property where like you can basically count on, uh, if you get your non-resident deer, they're going to travel through that area. Um, and I think it's just because of the topology and the way that they feel comfortable with traveling and, um, you know, trying to stay concealed as much as possible. It's kind of on like a, a hillside and, uh, it's just the way that they naturally travel. But, um, you know, just thus running so many cameras, it's, it's really been eye opening to, uh, some of these travel routes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. And, and putting that puzzle together, it's fun. I mean, it's, it can be frustrating, but it's rewarding when you finally pull that trigger and make it all happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you and Nate and uh, Max get done this weekend. Hopefully one of you guys or both of you get a get a big buck down. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's what we're going for, and we're going we're gonna to try our best to make it happen. Um, I think that I'm hoping the farmer's picking the corn tomorrow. I don't see why he wouldn't be in this uh, – that's the case of being there um, and having that decoy out on that pick cornfield right after it's been harvested. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, hey, hopefully next time you're on here, you'll have a big buck down report. And and I'm really, really pulling for you. I know you've got some really good shooters on camera. So hopefully it's one of those guys and uh, you guys can make it happen. Yes, sir. Hopefully same for you i know uh i know yours will show up with time they always do yeah let's hope i don't know but yeah, I get uh, these props out. <laughs> yeah that's right well hey man you have a great night and uh appreciate you hopping on here and uh like i said hopefully next time we'll have some big bucks down absolutely all right chris uh have a good night tell sid i said hi and uh your little one weston all right will do all right Talk to you later, Chris. Bye.